Whew, good morning. Turn down everything to a dull roar. We are in our last week of Advent, last week of last week before Christmas. Today is Wednesday, the twentieth, I believe. So five days to Christmas. My name's Mike, and this is Driving Theology, uh, a podcast that's been going on nine years now, I believe. <clears throat> ah, sorry, it's going to be nine years, maybe not quite nine years yet, 2000, maybe eight years? Hmm. I think I made a claim of nine years the other day, and now that I think about it, I think it may be a year early. Um, I think I started in 2005, this is still 2023, so I guess I'm building on my ninth year. Anyway, this is a podcast where I, uh, in a stream of consciousness style uh, talk about uh, all kinds of things uh, but try to get to uh, some kind of theological point and the reason I do this is because I noticed that some of the best conversations and deepest conversations I ever had with people were in the car There's something about being in a car going the same direction going to the same destination and not facing one another face-to-face, but facing the same direction, really opens up um, the conversation. It's it's an amazing thing, and I think it's something that many people have probably discovered. Some of the best conversations I've ever had with my wife have been on road trips with the kids in the back asleep and things like this. And so I thought it'd be interesting and and a good use of my time uh, to uh, record every week. Now, I used to do it with guests. I haven't done it with guests in a while. Uh, but I am over 300 episodes now. Uh, so I have quite a uh, backlog of material. Um, and some of it repeats. You know, obviously, when you do kind of a stream of consciousness without much of a plan or sometimes any plan at all, like today. Uh, you just don't know where it's going to lead or how it's going to get there. Um, and that's what I think part of the charm of the, of the, uh, car ride is, especially the road trip. Now this is not much of a road trip. It's only a 40 minute drive, but, uh, part of the charm of, uh, the, uh, road trip is that, um, you don't have a plan, right? You're just in a car together, and what comes up comes up. Um, something may, you know, you may start a conversation like, you know, did you see such and such a movie the other day? And yeah, I really like that movie, and blah blah blah. And you get into uh, all kinds of interesting. Uh, you follow all kinds of interesting paths based on the beginning of your conversation, and I, I feel like you learn deep things about one another. Uh, in this kind of a setting. Um, I feel like that. Now, it doesn't mean that's the case necessarily, um, but I've found it to be the case more often than not. Um, Yeah. Uh, Things things happen on road trips. You get to some good conversations, um, for sure, and good topics and deep topics. And, and, uh, yeah... 
is just a way that you guys can uh, kind of experience that with me. <laughs> Hopefully, the problem is, I, you know, obviously I can't hear you guys. Um, I don't know what you guys are thinking, or uh, you can't add to the conversation, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, it's it's still a neat uh, phenomenon. I think. I think it's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, so this is driving theology. So what's going on with you guys? So like I said, we're in the last week before Christmas. I I love Christmas. I love the Christmas season. I think my, my parents made a big deal of it, and it's gotten uh, to be a big deal for me and my kids. Uh, we have a lot of traditions around the Christmas season different foods we eat or music we listen to uh, or uh, movies we watch. Um, some movies we haven't watched yet, we're kind of saving for the last. And Elf is one of the big ones and White Christmas uh, is another big one, I think, that we're going to wait and do maybe just before Christmas or maybe even on Christmas Day because I'm a little busy uh, this Christmas season. So we've done some Christmas shopping and, and uh, you know, we've got two kids that are kind of away, and so that makes Christmas shopping a little easier because uh, uh, Santa Amazon takes care of that for us. Um, but we do have one daughter and her boyfriend get, who are going to be home this year. And we've done some shopping for them. Uh, man, I, I, I know my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say this. I, I have trouble shopping for my wife. Uh, she is difficult to shop for. And part of it's because she is quite uh, choosy, quite picky. Uh, she has a refined taste on what she likes and what she doesn't like. Um, so that makes it a little bit difficult. I have gotten her one, one little thing so far. Uh, but mostly what I have to do is ask her what does she want for herself and then go get that and then I'll pay for it kind of thing. I know that that's that sounds really bad. Um, but... But really, she's difficult to shop for. Very difficult for whatever reason. Uh, last year, I've made quite a bit more effort uh, and failed miserably. Failed miserably. Um, so I still haven't bought her her big present for this year. Uh, but thinking about that, trying to figure out what to do about that. I got a couple days. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, this year I started getting into the Christmas season, listening to a lot of uh, uh, jazz recordings, jazz Christmas recordings. And the first one, I guess I got this last year, but I had, hadn't listened to it until this year, was Bing Crosby's big Christmas album, his big famous Christmas album from years ago. Uh, and then I got an Ella Fitzgerald Christmas album, uh, which I have been listening to, which is just wonderful. Uh, and they, they release it, I think it's called uh, Ella Wishes You a Swinging Christmas, I think that's what it's called. It's released in many different uh, uh, formats, uh, many different jacket covers and even disc colors. So I got my daughter who has a record player, I got her a, uh, what color did I get her, a white one I think. She has a white uh, Ella Fitzgerald record and I got myself a gold one. They have red ones, which I really wanted, but I couldn't get. Uh, they were out. Um, and then I also got the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas album, which is 
has been released in the green color, which is kind of neat. So I got that this year. Uh, so those are kind of my three Christmas albums that I have on disc. But uh, my friend David Gibson and uh, the uh, swing orchestra, the George G. Swing Orchestra that he works with and for, released a new Christmas album, which I've been listening to uh, on iTunes, uh, which is also really, really nice. Um, and it's a very upbeat Christmas album, which is great. Uh, and so I told you I was really busy this year, so I've got a gig tomorrow, a uh, kind of a kind of a jazz gig, 20-minute little Christmas concert I have to do tomorrow. And then on Friday, I have a rehearsal for another gig, which is going to be on Sunday. But before the Sunday gig, I have a Saturday gig, and they're all three different gigs. Uh, two of them share some uh, some of the same songs. Um, but I've got three things in four days leading right up to Christmas Eve. And then, uh, um, yeah, finally done with that Christmas Eve. But i got a lot of stuff i got to do in the beginning of this new year as well. And one of the things I really want to work on is getting in some kind of shape. Um, I really need to improve my physical shape. I, I've been trying to do more lately, but it's just not enough for somebody at my age. I think I really, to drop weight and to get into better shape, I'm going to have to uh, make a little more effort than perhaps I might have when I was younger. Uh, so that's something I would like to work on. Um, but I'm going to have a, a new job coming up, uh, a part-time job at my own cafe. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be roasting coffee again which will be once or twice a week, starting in January. <clears throat> and, yeah, so I'll be doing that. And then I'm going to help, help my uh, daughter and her boyfriend move. Uh, they're moving to Tokyo, where my daughter's going to start her uh, student teaching. And uh, her boyfriend, and in the next week or so, to become fiancé, is uh, going to... Um, going to start a new job in a in a cafe in a coffee roaster. Um, he's been our roaster up till this point, and so now he's gonna go do that in a new big place in Tokyo, um, which is a great opportunity for. Him. Wow, I don't have a watch on today. That is so rare. I was so busy getting ready, I forgot to put a watch on. <coughs> I'm gonna feel naked. I love watches. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's gonna be busy. We have to help them uh, both move out of their, uh, move out of, well, he's gonna move out of his apartment and then we're gonna move them into their new apartment and uh, it's just gonna be a little bit nuts and crazy getting that all done. Uh, but we will have some time off uh, from our normal work for about two weeks, so. It's all good, I guess. Um, yeah, how about your uh, Christmas preparations? What do you guys... Um, uh, what, what are the things that you like to do? Uh, for me, you know, Christmas Day is a, a big deal. We, we're having a uh, nice Christmas dinner. I'm going to smoke my first tri-tip, uh, which I haven't ever done, but I'm going to try that uh, this year. Oh, 
reminds me, I have to get some gas for the smoker, or I'm going to have to do it old school. Well, we'll see. I can't do it old school, I guess. It's small enough. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, yep, presents and celebrations and spending time with family and listening to good music and relaxing. Hopefully we'll get to do some of that. Uh, we are going to throw in a little bit of craziness here and there, uh, trying to get to Tokyo uh, for a ballet uh, early in the next year. Um, and I go see Don Quixote. Should be really nice, actually. Yeah, so not sure what you guys focus on. Um, following Facebook a little bit this morning, I noticed a couple different threads of usual Christmas topics that come up uh, in the month before Christmas, uh, and and uh, I thought I'd talk about two of them right now. They just come to my mind, so I think that's a direction we could go. One of them is uh, the focus on making Jesus the the um, focal point of Christmas, right? Don't forget to keep Jesus in Christmas. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, somebody said this morning, and this is just a, a rough quote, but, you know, I hope that you'll let the, the little baby in the manger wrap his arms around you in love or something like this. And it's just, you know, a great sentiment. And it's, um, there's a lot of uh, nice nice warm feelings in those sentiments and I, I see nothing wrong with them at all um, I think Jesus is the reason for Christmas uh, that's why we call it Christmas and no I don't really um, I don't really believe that Christmas was began as a pagan holiday that that it's just a, a mask for, for paganism uh, as some people are um, want to do doesn't mean that maybe a few elements here and there haven't haven't come into Christmas that are um, perhaps of other origins. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff, right, that people consider Christmas from different countries. And, uh, but I think it's it's for me, at least. I think it's more important uh, for me that uh, we just focus on loving one another. Even though we should do that every day. <laughs> Even though we should do that every day, why not do it also at Christmas? So uh, I think um, I think thinking about Jesus and the birth of Jesus and the, and the uh, all of the events that happened around Jesus uh, is interesting. Now one thing I saw this week uh, that is unique, I think, uh, a, uni a unique perspective on Christmas that somebody thought we should remember and I, I I have to concur just because it it falls in line to me with the character of of Christ uh, and that is remembering the refugee remembering the outcast uh, because Jesus part of the Christmas story uh, depending on how you read it is about Jesus having to flee with his 
his family to Egypt uh, to avoid persecution. Uh, and so, <clears throat> somehow, at some time, after Jesus' birth and before probably he was two years old, uh, Joseph was, uh, I believe, I have to reread this, Joseph was visited by an angel which told him to, uh, he needed to, to get away to save their lives, they needed to get to Egypt. And so they, they traveled to Egypt, and I think it says in the middle of the night they packed up and left, uh, I'm sure to avoid detection. And they, they uh, fled to Egypt, where they stayed for some time before uh, returning to Judea. And I think it said they returned to Judea after Herod, one of the Herods, had died. Uh, the Herod that was seeking to, to kill Jesus because of his jealousy of Jesus being born the king of the Jews and the prophecies and all this stuff. Now, unfortunately... Um, for us, for, for us, I don't know who us is. Unfortunately, I don't think history necessarily has has borne the uh, this out yet. I don't think we've found evidence that uh, Herod killed a bunch of babies. I'm talking historically. Now, Christian slash history perhaps has here and there uh, found some evidence of this. But the story is that Herod uh, slaughtered all male babies uh, from birth until two years old. Um, he had them all killed um, because he wanted to destroy his rival. And he saw Jesus, uh, the baby Jesus, as his rival. That's what the Bible says. Uh, I think this part is in Luke, maybe Matthew, maybe Luke. I would have to Luke at it again. Um, but it's in one of those. Uh, and really, Luke and Matthew are the only two books that deal with the birth and or childhood of Jesus. Uh, the other Gospels uh, begin uh, when he begins his ministry, more or less. Although you could argue uh, that uh, John, in a sense, begins... Uh, in uh, time, what's the word? Uh, time before eternity. <laughs> in in the uh, the uh, in the moment of creation, in the beginning, right? Was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and nothing has been made that was not made through Him. This whole. Um, scripture. You could, yeah, I guess you could argue that John begins his uh, treatise there, but he does skip over uh, the um, events surrounding the birth of Jesus. For whatever reason, uh, two, two of the gospel writers record Christmas, two do not. Uh, and the two who do, do not record the same events necessarily. I think Luke is much more detailed, whereas uh, Matthew is just kind of hits the high points. Uh, and, for whatever reason, those are the two Gospels who also record the genealogies uh, of Jesus. Uh, two different genealogies. 
uh, to boot, but yeah, the genealogy is not the best. Um, so, where was I going with all this? I forgot. <laughs> so, Christmas uh, is uh, means many things to many people. So we talked about keeping Jesus in Christmas. The one that the new one that was brought up, I think, is remembering the refugee in Christmas, and I think that's a, a wonderful thing to do because I think we should remember the refugees all the time. And if it takes Christmas for us to to put some focus on that, I think it's a, a good thing. Uh, and then the third thing uh, that I see way too often, and it's it's persisted all this time, is that you know. Christians, quote unquote, Christians, saying, you know, I'm sorry if you're offended uh, by me saying Merry Christmas, but I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> that somehow Christians think that people are offended by uh, the words Merry Christmas, and that somehow Happy Holidays uh, is a a statement against Christianity against Jesus, against Christ. It's the same people that thought that spelling Christmas with an X, Xmas, was was anti-Christ, right? Uh, when actually Christmas, or Christ, and Christmas, I suppose, if you were to write them in Greek, would start with an X. It is an abbreviation, but it doesn't take out uh, Christ, and you could also see it the X as a cross, a cross seen from a slightly different angle. Um, so there, there are a lot of uh, Christians crying wolf who, who see enemies at their door when nothing could be farther from the truth. And I think they are their worst, their own worst enemies uh, by, by putting hostility into their, into their Christmas to their supposed celebration of the author of life uh, who, who died so that we might know how much he loves us, uh, how much he doesn't hold our sins against us. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very sad to take something so beautiful, uh, to take a statement so complete that really lacks nothing. Uh, as, as the story of God becoming flesh, which is the story of Christmas, and adding so much junk on top of it. Um, to me, it's anti-Christ to place hostility in Christmas. That's anti-Christ, especially for those who claim to believe in Jesus. Let's just let's just love on one another. Let's enjoy our families. Uh, let's uh, help the less fortunate in as much as we can. Right? Uh, let's uh, think on uh, pure and beautiful things, such as the baby Jesus. Now, sure, there is some hostility in the Christmas story. We're talking about Herod 
uh, killing a bunch of babies in order to uh, kill his rival Jesus, who was thought to be born king of the Jews. But that hostility was not put there by someone who believed in Jesus as the Son of God, but somebody who was jealous of Jesus, an antichrist. Herod is certainly an antichrist, if there ever was one. Uh, Herod, if the story of the Gospels is to be believed, Herod was antichrist from the beginning. He wanted to destroy Christ. Uh, he wanted to uh, kill the baby that one day might um, challenge him for the crown of Judea. Uh, so hostility in Christmas wasn't put there by anybody uh, except antichrists from the beginning. You could add Roman. You could add Rome. There's a little hostility making a pregnant woman go across the country uh, in order to do a census in Bethlehem, right? So from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Uh, you could maybe say that's a negative in a sense, uh, though that's what gives us the story, right? That's what, um, well, I suppose any location where Jesus had have been born would have been miraculous. Uh, but it is an interesting story, story nonetheless. It gives depth and, and intrigue and, and a little bit of mystery and wonder uh, into the story of the birth of Jesus, which is a great story, um, regardless of how much of it is actually factually um, how it happened. You know, it doesn't mean that the people writing it didn't think they were writing facts, uh, but, you know, th there's something called perspective and hermeneutic and, and, and time right? They wrote what they thought they should write. And I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, so what have I gone over so far? So Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, don't forget the refugee in Christmas. Uh, and then the third one was, uh, you know, being offended by people saying Merry Christmas. Now, if you happen to be a person who is offended by the words Merry Christmas, um, I don't know what to tell you. It's okay that you're offended. I mean, you may have some very good reasons for um, being burned by Christians over the years. You may have very good reasons for choosing not to follow uh, the Christian religion because it was presented to you in such a horrible way that it seemed like a bad way to go. Uh, if that's the case, I, I, man, I wish I could fix that for you because I think, I think Jesus, you know, the, the pure image of God is, is the most beautiful thing, uh, I've ever, uh, encountered witnessed or come across or read about or uh, know about but I can see why uh, if Jesus was put in such a rotten package for you that you rejected him and, and I respect your choice for that I also hold out the possibility that there will come a time in the future and I believe there will come a time 
that it will happen for everyone that you will you will be visited by the pure image of Christ that you will see him for all of his beauty uh, and and all of you will feel all of the love he has for you and you will get a chance to uh, encounter him and in fact the people that that tried to sell you a um, horribly packaged Jesus are going to have to go through the same thing too uh, whether in this life or the next uh, because they they don't have a, a good picture they may know who Jesus is but they don't know what he's like they don't know his character right and I suppose none of us does completely um, not a hundred percent we can't understand God and his origins and and his his uh, you know all of the meta metaphysical things around the divine and you know whatever laws if any govern God and you know there's so much we can't understand about God but I think we can know with a very high um, what is it there what's the word I'm looking for we can come really, really, really close to understanding the character of God. And I, I might venture to say that we can know 100% the character of God. I think it's possible. I think we'll need God's help a little bit with that. And we'll need to be um, in the right, right frame of mind and frame of heart. Um, I'm not sure we need to say that twice, but do that as it may. Uh, but I think... Yeah, I, I think a lot of the... If you rejected a crappy version of Christ, then the people that presented that crappy version of Christ uh, also don't know Christ for who he truly is and are going to have to one day be confronted by his unobstructed, perfect image. And they'll have to accept that as well. Um, when I say have to, I, I don't mean that there will be consequences for you not accepting it. I don't think that that opportunity ever stops. I think I think to to reject the beautiful image of love that Christ is is to remain in a kind of hell. I think to reject him is to be in hell just by the rejecting of him. But but I think hell doesn't last. I think you'll have more opportunities uh, whether it's in this life or the next. Uh, and, and I think you can be in a kind of heaven now, either by accepting him and, and his beautiful image and having a wonderful revelation of who he is today. I think that will put you in a kind of heaven. Uh, but also, um, I think if, if you instinctively, even not knowing that it's Christ who guides you, but you instinctively follow his way and you imitate Christ even though you don't know you're doing it, I think you can be in a kind of heaven there too. Um, and defining heaven is, is just as difficult as defining, defining Christ. Defining Christ. Um, but I think we all kind of instinctively know what heaven is. It's, it's to be unburdened uh, it's to be 
um, enlightened and unburdened uh, with the cares of the world um, to be to be healed and made whole really to be completely human to be the complete human that that Christ created in the first place to to reclaim that image to reclaim the image of Christ in us which is to be human um, yeah so whether it's a little bit uh, or a lot my wish for you this uh, Christmas season is that you embark on a journey of discovering this beautiful Christ uh, that can start with the baby in the manger that can start with uh, the man on the cross uh, that can start with uh, the body coming to life or ascending into heaven uh, it can start with the man who uh, loved children, the man who uh, loved the sick and the poor and the outcasts, the man who healed the leper, made the blind man see and the lame man walk. Start with the man who washed his disciples' feet, who forgave his disciples even when they betrayed him. Uh, the man who said come unto me all of you who are heavy burdened and I will give you rest he says take my yoke upon you and learn from me for my my yoke is easy and my burden is light I hope you can meet the beautiful Jesus. And when you meet the beautiful Jesus, you begin to be a version of that beautiful Jesus to those around you. You begin. I, I think there's challenges, right? I think there's challenges, and I don't think there's any uh, time constraint. You don't have to do it uh, in a certain amount of time. But but I think the more you, you contemplate... It's not the word I'm looking for. Meditate, right? The more you, the more you contemplate and meditate on on a beautiful, all loving image of Christ, the more you become loving and beautiful. I believe that. Paul who said fix your eyes on Christ right I think that's a, a wonderful way to say it right a wonderful um, a wonderful way to um, start down that path it's just to just to fix your eyes on Christ get into a quiet place if you need to play some some quiet music or light a candle or, you know, some incense, whatever it takes you to get into that space. Really think about the beautiful, beautifulness of Christ. Uh, 
he really is of unsurpassing beauty, and he always has been. We've misunderstood him. We've anthropomorphized him, right? We've given him attributes of, of humans. We've, we've uh, made him like us. We've made God in, in our own image, right? Who is it said that God made man in his image and man returned the favor? Uh, it's kind of true. Uh, I think that's what the warlike God is, right? If you, if you have a, a vision or, or an image of God as a warrior, I think you have made uh, God in your own image. Uh, because man is nothing if not violent. We've proven this time and time again. Uh, and man wants to worship a violent God for whatever reason. Because it, if we have a violent God, it excuses us of our violence. It justifies our violence because the one who made us is violent. But I don't believe this is so. I think, I think the beautiful image of Christ shines too brightly to allow any any violence or anger into it. Yeah, I, I, I wish everyone uh, to discover, uh, let me put this right, I hope that everyone discovers a more beautiful vision of Christ this Christmas season than you've had up till now. Christ is nothing if he's not beautiful. I wish you a beautiful Christmas. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.